Welcome to the podcast. We go into the lab leak theory a little bit today, and more than that, how all of this started, the idea of gain of function research, which is a big focus right now, uh, and who's telling the truth between Anthony Fauci and Rand Paul, what's going on there. We get into all that today. We also go into the depths of the media and how far it's fallen with Alex Marlowe from uh, Breitbart. He has a new book out. We'll get into that. And the indoctrination in schools. It's a huge problem. We talked to a father who's trying to do something about it, trying to push back, trying to fight a little bit. Uh, and we get into that, uh, the story about him and his family as well. Uh, make sure, by the way, if you missed the announcement, uh, Jason Whitlock uh, is coming to Blaze TV. you got to be a part of that. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is the place to go. You get 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Uh, Jason, will talk, you know, he talks a lot about wokeness and sports and all that stuff, and he's just fantastic. Uh, talk, and, you know, talks about faith and, and race and politics and everything, culture, everything. Uh, it's going to be a great show. It starts soon, so make sure you become a subscriber. Uh, I will say, I don't think he's a big LeBron James fan. I haven't given him a Don't Be an Idiot, Don't Be a LeBron t-shirt yet, but maybe I will. You can get that at don'tbealebron.com. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and Stu Does America, also available right here, wherever you are getting your podcasts. Here's the show. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Let's get right into Barack Hussein Obama. Oh my gosh, is that racist that you'd say that? No, that's his name. We're going to talk a little bit about what is racist and what is not racist. And I come to this with a new understanding. Thank you, Jesus. Yesterday, Barack Obama went on Anderson Cooper's show which, of course, would be the place where he'd get a lot of pushback. Barack Obama said certain right-wing media venues are stoking fears and resentment of white people. (gasps) I wonder who he might be talking about. There are certain right-wing media venues, for example, that monetize and capitalize on stoking the fear and resentment of a white population that is witnessing a changing America and seeing demographic changes. I don't really ever think of that. I never think about that. I don't really care. What I care about are the values that this country had. He said these media venues do everything they can to give people a sense that their way of life is threatened and that people are trying to take advantage of them. No. Yes, yes, yes. And they exploit it for their own political gain. Oh, my God. Gosh, well, Anderson Cooper and CNN wouldn't know a darn thing about that, would they? He had to be shocked. Oh, my gosh, everybody. CNN must have been, what? People would take advantage? They would think about ratings? They would think about money? Oh, my. And they all rang their hands in despair. Here he is, yesterday on CNN. There are certain right-wing media venues, for example, that... Mm monetize and capitalize on stoking the fear and resentment of uh, a white population that is witnessing a changing America and seeing uh, demographic changes and and do everything they can to give people a sense that um, uh, their way of life is threatened and that people are trying to take advantage of them. And we're seeing it 
right now, right? Where uh, you would think, with all the public policy debates that are taking place right now, that you know the Republican Party would uh, be engaged in a significant d- debate about uh, how are we going to deal with the economy and what are we going to do about climate change and what are we going to do about... Mm. Lo and behold, the, the single most uh, important issue to them apparently right now is critical race theory. Who knew that that, <laughs> that was the threat to our republic? Hmm. You did, because, yes, sir, you are a Marxist. So you did know that. That is the way of life that is threatened. It's not about money. It's really not about money. You keep focusing on money. It's not about money. It's about a way of life. It's about a dream. It's about a, it's about a place where a man can chart his own course, and others may disagree with it, but he can chart his own course. Without an overseer, without a master in Washington telling us exactly what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. The New York Times editorial board has a member, Mara Gay. She was on yesterday on MSNBC, and here's what she said. We have to figure out how to get every American a place at the table in this democracy, but how to separate Americanness, America, from whiteness. Until we can confront that and talk about that, this is really going to continue. I was on Long Island this weekend uh, visiting a really dear friend, and I was really disturbed. I saw, you know, dozens and dozens of pickup trucks with, uh, you know, uh, explicatives against Joe Biden uh, on the back of them, uh, Trump flags. And some cases, just dozens mm. of American flags, which you know uh, is also just disturbing because essentially the message was clear: it was "this is my country, this what? is not your yeah. country. Oh I own this." Oh my god! And so until oh we're ready gosh. to have whoa, that conversation, whoa, whoa. this is going to continue. Okay, stop. Wait a minute. Dozens of American flags. She saw them and she d- was disturbed that people would do that. Because she associates, and I quote, she equates the American flag with whiteness. That's weird and very disturbing on Memorial Day weekend to see dozens of flags. Very disturbing. Very disturbing. Yeah, you see, uh, by the way, do you know Mara Mara Gay? Because I didn't. And until I saw the video, I had no idea what color she was. Do Do you know if she's white or black? Do you know? Yeah, most likely not. Are you still outraged if if it was if it was a white person, if it was a black person, would you be shocked or outraged at what she said? See, it's the content of what she said. It is the content of a character, not the color of their skin. But why quote a now racist, a now well-known racist Martin Luther King? Mr. President, former Mr. President, Mr. Obama, because you're just a regular citizen again. So, Mr. Obama, I have to apologize to the American people. We loved baseball until CRT took it and destroyed it. We loved our mothers, but they're not mothers anymore. They're now just, quote, birthing people, end quote. We loved our cars. We loved Chevy until Chevy couldn't make any more cars until the Chinese parts and Chinese chips arrived. 
The only thing that you have left on the table is the apple pie. But because of your idea of modern monetary theory, what it is doing to the U.S. dollar, many can no longer afford that apple pie. So you've pretty much destroyed all of the things that we've always thought were good. That's not race. I think I, I believe Jackie Robinson is one of the greatest players uh, ever in baseball. So it's not a white game now, is it? Mr. Obama, you lied. You used the IRS to hunt down your enemies. You spied on the media and your health care package, which was supposed to save every American $3,000 per year, has helped some, perhaps, while raising the cost of everyone's health care in double and triple digit percentages. But the worst thing that you did is you planted, you watered, and you protected the Marxist seeds by crying race. You claimed it was racist to call someone a Marxist. I know because I called you a Marxist and I was called a racist for it. Wow, that's weird that calling someone a Marxist would be so racist when so many now are openly proudly calling themselves Marxist. And you know who they are? Your friends at BLM. Are the, do you disavow those Marxists that want to destroy the American family? You see, again, it's not about our money. It's not about our economy. It's about our way of life. Yes, you equate that to jobs and businesses. I equate that to a family and a government staying out of my family. When there is a group like BLM whose stated goal is to destroy capitalism, that's a problem. When their stated goal is to destroy capitalism and the nuclear family, that's just plain out evil. But you know where that comes from because you had Marxist friends that you hung out with. You know where that came from. That came from Marxists. That comes from critical race theory. You see, Mr. President, uh, I was ignorant 10 or 12 years ago. You see, I didn't go to any of your fancy colleges to be carefully taught. I was never in with the popular Marxist crowd. I didn't sit and discuss Marxist theory. I was out working. That's what I was doing. I was building something that you had absolutely no part of. Yeah, that's right. I and millions of others did build this. You were attending Marxist meetings and Marxist churches. Yeah, I, I didn't attend a Marxist church where critical race theory and collective salvation had replaced the Sermon on the Mount. And by the way, if you now reject Jeremiah Wright, where do you stand on our new senator from Georgia? I haven't heard you speak out because he doesn't deny any of it. Critical race theory is a Marxist theory. There's no science to back any of it up. It is meant to destroy the family, to divide races, and to destroy capitalism. It teaches our children that whites, and I'm quoting, are parasites and incurable racists from birth. But what's even more insidious, it teaches black children, Hispanics, and other minorities, you know, except for Asians, that they'll never make it because of, of racism, systemic racism. By the way, Asians don't make the Marxist cut because they believe in the American work ethic, not the white work ethic, but the American worth ethic, that we're a meritocracy, 
It's never been the white dream. It's always been the American dream. Man, I would love to debate you someday, sir. Boy, I would love that. But you can't even say my name. Because I can outdo you on the sins of this country. And I have the proof. I have the documents. I have the hard facts. Yes, I even, I even have the chains and whips used in slavery. I can outdo you on how bad America has been any day of the week. But unlike you, I can also tell all of the great things about America in detail, not platitudes. You see, I still love what the flag stands for. I don't love the flag. Go ahead, burn it. I don't care. I love what it stands for. I think you're an idiot to do it, but I'll fight to the death for your right to do it. I love and hold sacred the meaning behind every U.S. soldier's death. I hold sacred those who died in the Civil War, like my family, fighting for freedom of people of another race. We're the only country in the world where white people killed other white people to free black people. But you can't recognize that. You see, I don't see color. And that's not racism. That's Martin Luther King. You know him, the man that you had his bust in your office for eight years. But now, for some reason, you and your minions are telling us through CRT that what he believed was wrong. Wow. Wow, that's weird. It's almost like you didn't believe any of this stuff. Uh, by the way, you, not me, said that at some point you've made enough money. I would just like a number on that, sir. Because I don't have a house in the vineyard. And yet you're accusing me of being the rich fat cat. Um, I don't have a, a vacation house in the vineyard. And you know what's really crazy? According to C uh, CRT, you shouldn't have been able to accomplish that. And what an accomplishment. I mean, for a black man, according to CRT. You were in debt. You never had anything. You were held back by all your student loans where you were overeducated in nonsense. But by your own description, own description, you now... You now are a guy who was just way laid in debt until you were elected. And once leaving office, just a short five years later after you leave, you have enough to buy that home as a vacation home. That's weird. Do you have enough money yet? Should we take the rest of it away? And by the way, this is also really odd. You believe that the coastlines as we now know them, are going to be gone by perhaps 2030. Wow. Doesn't that purchase of that vacation house on an island put your family in danger in just a few short years? Now, I'm not going to address it as an investment because, boy, that investment is gone once those coastlines are gone in just nine years. What a waste of money that is. But Marxists don't really understand investments. And yes, several times I have called you a Marxist, and it isn't racist, it's true. By any account in the world run by, uh, run by normal people that are not Marxists, CRT is racist. But don't ask me, because of course I was born racist and I, I'm an incurable. But 
Let's say we ask the Chinese over in Hong Kong, who have now been silenced by the Marxist communist Chinese government. Perhaps they can't be counted on by you because, you know, they're Asians. Marxism is evil, and I and others will continue to stand against this evil. And not because it's you saying it and you're black. I don't care who said it. Marx was white. He was Jewish, a Jewish anti-Semite. He's as white as white can be. I say it because he was wrong. He was evil. We stand against evil, not for the almighty dollar, not for our jobs, because it is right. Sir, you do have a problem with white culture. You are a racist. And how do I know that? Well, I didn't understand it back 12 years ago. I just sensed it from you. But now I know it because CRT is racist. Period. Thanks for dropping by, President Obama. The best of the Glenn Beck program. I want to talk to you about what's going on in our schools. Uh, you pretty much know it, uh, I believe, with CRT, but it's a lot deeper than that. Uh, and most of it, most of us know because we don't say anything. We don't say anything. Our kids come home and they tell us and we don't say anything because we're just trying to keep the peace. That has got to end. Let me introduce you to somebody. His name is Jeff Harper. He lives in Irvine, uh, California. He taught eighth grade U.S. history for 30 years. He coaches football, basketball, baseball in the community. He's a father of six. Uh, he and his wife have sent four kids to Northwood High School. Uh, but things are getting really bad there. And I want to read a letter that he sent to the principal, but I want him to to uh, set it up. Welcome to the program, Jeff. Hey, good to be here, Glenn. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Um, I have not read this story. I've seen this story in three places, and that's it. Uh, and I think that's because you've tried to be nice about it, and nothing is happening. So tell me, tell me the setup, and then I want to read pieces of your letter. Okay, well, you know, you know like you had mentioned, my, my kids have been going to, this, to high school here in Irvine for, for a long time, and uh, they've come home with, you know, story after story. And uh, uh, I, I did go to the administration one time, and uh, it just wasn't very effective. I went to talk to the vice principal, and then uh, – uh, I told my daughter, hey, I'm going to have to you know, go talk to the principal. And she just begged me, you know, hey, Dad, I, I, I've got to go to these classes. I've got to see these teachers every day. You don't. Uh, mm -hmm. And she's just, you know, fretful of uh, retaliation. Um, so, sure. unfortunately, I haven't said, haven't said something. And then uh, last, last Saturday, my wife comes uh, running into the room and just said, good grief. Can you, see, can you, can you believe what's in the yearbook? And, uh, oh, it was just crazy. Uh, you've got, there's two pages laid out in the yearbook. Uh, I counted about 24 references, political references, and out of those 24, 23 of them were slanted one way. Um, you had a picture of, uh, of President Trump, dark, gloomy, grumpy, and then uh, opposite of that, President Biden there, just, you know, light, smiling, like an angel. Uh, and then there was like, let me, let me just, okay, sure. let me quote the, some of the points here on that page. 
Donald Trump using public funds for private schools, discredits scientists' COVID-19 research, promises a health care plan is being created to replace Obamacare, wants to create a wall to restrict immigration, claims he's claims he's not a racist. On the other side with Joe Biden, and there's more, by the way, uh, on the other side with Joe Biden, increased opportunities in education, has a plan for addressing COVID-19 pandemic, believes in uh, providing equal and affordable access to health care, supports pathways to citizenship, invests in racial e- 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 equity. I mean, it is crazy that that's in a uh, uh, textbook or I mean, not a textbook, but a yearbook. Crazy. Yeah, even my Democrat friends. Uh, so, you know, completely inappropriate platform and completely inappropriate content. The summation was, as Americans processed the results, many celebrated the results as a victorious step away from the existing oppressive administration. That's the summation of the oh yearbook gosh. article. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So my wife and I, okay, what we so did was... Uh, go ahead. We... we uh, we went ahead and took a little snapshot of it and posted it in a couple uh, community forums. One of them was called Next Door, and the reaction was amazing instantaneously. And so what we started to do was to look at the favorable reactions and then uh, private message them uh, to try to you know, get together the database of people that are willing to, to stand up against this. And then, unfortunately, Next Door shut it down. And that's all, all we put in there was, hey, here's our yearbook page. We think this is inappropriate. Does anybody else agree with us? That's all we put in next door. Well, it they seems reasonable. It yeah. We, 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 and we what did they say? Uh, they, uh, next door, they didn't. They just shut it down. We were just, people were just <laughs> okay. texting right. us and emailing us and saying, hey, your post is no okay. longer, it, it's, it's, it's no longer there. So then... Uh, okay. Then we, it was amazing what happened. Then people started to contact us with connections to like a local conservative uh, uh, newspaper blog, the Epic Times, uh, Tucker Carlson, even a congressman. Uh, all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff just started happening like crazy. And my reaction was, hey, I want the uh, local school to have a chance to, to respond. Uh, but I, 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 I sent them an email saying, hey, it's probably to your benefit uh, to get out in front of this and, and just put out an email saying, hey, you know, we're, we're sorry that this, this came out in the yearbook. It was, uh, you know, biased to one side, and we'll work real hard to, to make sure this doesn't, doesn't happen again. So but, uh, I want to I want to read this because it's – I want to read this to the uh, to the audience because it's one thing to say, and then we just responded, and we were really nice. And it's another thing to actually read the evidence of how nice you were. This is This is the email that you sent. Thank you for all that you do. I know you're super busy and probably under a lot of stress. I'll be straightforward with you as possible. Kay and I, your wife, are very frustrated with how our kids have been treated in, at Northwood uh, in regards to politics. We've not said much over the years out of respect to our children's wishes. The yearbook's biased political page was just another example of what a conservative faces at Northwood. We have no problem with kids' First Amendment rights to express their voice. However, do you really want to do that in a yearbook? Wouldn't that be better placed in a debate forum or a newspaper with an op-ed opportunity? Now that it's in the yearbook, what are conservative voices supposed to do? Wait until next year to respond? Those are voices that should, uh, uh, those are voices that should have been silenced. We put feelers out in the Northwood community to see what others thought of the yearbook political pages. The response has been overwhelming. Some said outrageous, so wrong, completely inappropriate. Not surprised at all, to name a few. 
Others said they were going to the district, the Board of Education, even the local, state, and federal politicians. We've been offered to connect with Tucker Carlson's show on Fox News and the Epic Times. I'm not including uh, these to threaten you or to brag, but to illustrate that the situation is rapidly getting out of control. Since there's nothing we can do about bias in the yearbook and conservative voices were not heard or represented, we can ask you to put out school-wide emails stating the yearbook's political pages were biased towards Democrats and that the conservative voice was not heard. The email would not have to take away the yearbook staff rights, but to protect the rights that were not exercised. This would go a long way to help concerned parents feel that you will protect their children. I sincerely believe that such an effort on your part would also help you get out in front of this potential PR nightmare. We want to work together with you for unity in these divisive times. Jeff and Kay Harper. There's not a more reasonable email than that. What was the response? Well, the response was she did she did ask me to uh, to meet with her, but uh, did not did not agree to uh, sending out the email and did not send out that email. And I, I know that there was multiple folks that had, had asked a similar put in a similar request. So we're going to actually meet with uh, with the administration today. I'm going to bring a. Uh, a couple of graduating seniors so that they can uh, uh, speak to her about their experience with all of this as well. So I know that you turned Tucker Carlson down and everybody else, and you're going to meet with her today. Why are you taking this interview? Uh, well, for, for one thing, one of the things that I told her is that, hey, uh, that there's stuff out there right now and there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, and, and when right. the, the article, you didn't call us, by the way, we called you. Right. The article in the Fox in the on the Fox News uh, print website. After that, the cat was out of the bag. I, you know, I gave them an opportunity to put that email out. And when it didn't happen, then somebody else went to uh, Fox News, got a hold of somebody else. And uh, and they and they uh, gave the information for that article and the fact that uh, that there was no no response. There was no email okay. response. See, if she would have given that email response then we wouldn't be talking right now. Right. So um, the the response that you received from the community, I mean, I don't know anything about Irvine, California. Uh, is it a conservative area or or not? I mean, to for you to speak out in California and post these things seems pretty frightening in and of itself. Or, were yeah, you surprised been, by the response? I. I I, I was I was surprised. This has been a graduation week. We've got three kids graduating at three different levels, so we've been to all sorts of different parties, a lot of team uh, uh, parties as well. And yeah, everywhere I go, people are coming up to me saying, "Hey, I saw that. I saw I saw I saw what happened." And uh, you know, on uh, in the community forums, and it yeah, it's just a buzz. And uh, it, yeah, it, it is amazing to see that we hit a nerve. Uh, incredible reaction. And uh, it's, 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 it, it's in, you know, it's encouraging. Uh, all sorts of ideas are coming to what we can do. Uh, it's time to stand up. I've heard all, all, all sorts of, all sorts of reactions. I said like from Democrats as, as well, that this is inappropriate. The, the graphic in the yearbook shows an 87% for Biden for the kids. So it's, I think the community is is for the most part conservative, <laughs> but but the, right. but the schools you would think, but the yeah. schools have been so successful in indoctrinating our kids. That's what this is an example of, and that's what's so scary. So yes, yeah, so the parents um, 
we had, we, there was another one. There was a, a kid took this AP seminar test just this week. And the question, the writing prompt question was, uh, how would a community benefit from banning marriage? That was the writing prompt question. And so oh when people gosh. are hearing these things, when people are hearing these things, they're just going, I can't believe it. Although we should believe it, they can't believe it. Yeah. And so what's, ex- what's, what's encouraging is, you know, I've kind of have taken a back seat for six years, but just by doing a simple thing, by posting this into the community forum, what a big impact it has had. And, and there's a lot of buzz, and uh, we've got all sorts of plans and things going on that are going ha- to be happening. And we just hope, you know, we can benefit from the, from the momentum of, of this here locally in our well. community. Jeff, I hope so. Um, Please keep us informed. uh, And if you need support, we're here to uh, support you and to get the message out. Uh, You haven't even touched on CRT yet, which I'm sure is in your school. Uh, But that is uh, there are groups and people all over the country that are now banding together. And I mean, Republicans and Democrats saying enough is enough. So congratulations, Jeff. And please let us know what happens today at your meeting. We'll do. Just grateful to have the chance to show, you know, to show what's going on to our children in the schools and and on our dime. Thank, thank you very much, Jeff Harper. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck program. There is a really important book that is out now. It's called Breaking the News. Uh, and it is about fake news. Uh, and I know when Donald Trump first started talking about fake news, uh, it was kind of funny, maybe in some ways. I mean, we all knew that it was true, uh, but I don't think I, I'm not sure he even knew how in the bag they were. Uh, when he first started saying that Alex Marlowe is the editor in chief of Breitbart News and the author of Breaking the News. Welcome to the program, Alex. How are you? Glenn, it's great to speak with you. Thanks for the terrific introduction. You really nailed it. Yeah. Well, did he know? Did he do you think he knew how deep that went when he first started saying it? I think he knew subconsciously, and I think that's what appealed, uh, why he appealed to so many of us who are in the anti-establishment uh, media. And, and I think you understand this instinctually. You moved away from corporate media into your own thing. We've done that at Breitbart. And I think that so much of the conservative base has really loved that, that he really did seem to, at his core, want to reject the establishment media. I think in a lot of cases, he ended up trying to win them over probably more than I would have liked. Uh, But I do think in Mm -hmm. his heart, he understood these people were working against him. I I, I will tell you, um, I I think that um, if you really look at Donald Trump, I think he shoots from the hip all the time. I think he just uses his gut. But he has one of the best guts uh, on him, I think. Uh, I, I think it, the things that he says that you're like, oh, that's crazy. Uh, give it six months. You know, the, the difference between Donald Trump's conspiracy theories and crazy uh, uh, versus true, wow, is about six months, really. <laughs> 
It's an amazing thing. And I looked at this. There's a perfect example to illustrate your point, which is the Charlottesville hoax, where we were told that he had called um, a Nazis fine people, uh, saying Nazis are very fine people. Uh, he, he didn't say that. He specifically said not the Nazis. They're not fine people. But what's amazing is that a minute after his famous fine people quote, he said, if we start going down this road, soon you're going to see the cancellation of Washington and Jefferson. And a lot of people thought mm-hmm. that was ridiculous at the time. L- l- nine months later, a year later, we're literally canceling Washington and Jefferson. And so he called that one. He was the first one that I know of that pointed that out, and he was right on the money. So, Alex, um, give me the motivations. I mean, when I, when I was young and naive uh, uh, and I first started working at CNN, uh, I knew that they had a, a political bend, and I was shocked that CNN would allow me into the building. But I think there was still some effort to give some, a little bit, even if it's in a mocking way, a little bit of credence to half the country. Um, and I found them to be, at that time, incredibly uh uncurious kind of people they 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 were not curious about anything they didn't follow anything except the crowd um but now there's it's beyond just not curious they they must know what they're doing at this point and they are an enemy of the constitution they're an enemy of the public i think as donald trump said long ago I, you're correct on all points. And unfortunately, my conclusion book, uh, is that it is mostly the corporate profit model. And I wish it was much more, much more uh, of, of a barn burner than that. But the business model moved away from uh, you could be a little liberal. Maybe you can have a Glenn Beck on your show. Maybe you have a little debate with a conservative and then you can get a huge audience. That's no longer the goal. The goal is to protect corporate interests. The goal is to protect your ability to do business in communist China. Uh, The goal is to protect your brand so that millennials, as they grow up and go into the workforce and go into middle management, that they have a company that they believe in politically, which is becoming more of a big trend. And unfortunately, it's the corporate wokeism run amok that they think protecting their international business interests. Take NBC, which is part of NBC Comcast Universal. is major business in China, is major business around the world. ABC News, is ABC Disney, huge interests around the world. The business model is so that the news divisions are supposed to protect the corporate interests. They're not there to inform the public or even be fair to half the country. So when ABC hired me for about 12 minutes, uh, Diane Sawyer and I were becoming fast friends, and they hired me, and uh, Diane had been telling me, we're going to change television together, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, after that first day, uh, care went down and called Disney and said, we will boycott your park if you don't end this. And they ended it immediately. I could, Diane Sawyer never, you know, never talked to me again. Uh, never could get her on the phone. She never called wow. me again. She was honestly, my wife at one point thought we were having an affair. She's like, why is she calling you all the time? I'm like, honey, I don't, I don't know. Um, but anyway, um, and I thought that was just to protect the mouse, but but it is it's much bigger than that. And, you know, Barack Obama said yesterday that it's the right wing media just doing it for ratings and money. 
it's much more insidious than that when it comes to the left and these and these giant corporations. They're selling their country out to be able to have China. You're exactly correct on this. And if you look at it, it's throughout the establishment press. The ABC and NBC examples are the clearest because they've got such big entertainment interests in China. And let's say they did do a deep dive mm-hmm. on the origins of the coronavirus, and they turned out that maybe China was the bad guy after all. It wasn't Donald Trump who was the bad guy. Well, then maybe the country will put pressure on China, and maybe the corporations won't be able to pad their bottom line with all that sweet, sweet commie cash. But even outlets that don't have huge interest in China, Glenn, uh, the Atlantic magazine, for example, is owned by a lady named Lorene Powell Jobs, Steve Jobs' widow. She makes all of her money from apple and disney so even so she's bankrolling it with money from china that's where apple does so much of their business that's where disney does so much of its of its business it's so stunning china's tentacles and how much they're in virtually every corner of the american media so let me ask you this is it possible that fauci is the scapegoat because they're all suddenly very interested in the wuhan lab but sure. Fauci really is the guy who funded that. So it's it's not blaming China. It's blaming the U.S. and Fauci for that coronavirus. You know, it's amazing. I was thinking about how instead of just trying to ask questions about the science, like who where did this come from? Was it the lab? Did it go from the wet market into the lab? Everyone is sort of picking sides now. And I refer to it as team pangolin versus team lab, uh, meaning that they're rooting it for me, the pangolin. Uh, Joe Biden, of course, is on team pangolin because he doesn't want Trump to be right about the lab. Fauci's on team pangolin because he funded the lab. Uh, the corporations are on team pangolin because they don't want it to be the lab because that could hurt their corporate bottom lines. And so now it's hard to know what the truth is because everyone is giving you information is a vested interest. Every time you're hearing Fauci, you're hearing a guy who is praying it is not the lab that he funded. And yet they won't fire him. They're still putting him out there to give us information. So, Alex, what is the cure to this? Um, I mean, you know, I know you know about the Great Reset. The corporations are already circling the wagons and... You know, already in the infrastructure bill, uh, billions are going to be handed out to the media uh, because that's important infrastructure. How is this going to work out here in this transition? Because it's about the people who they would say have no power. Voices like ours who have no power, they say, um, yet they're trying to desperately shut us all down. And these giant corporations and global state players. How does this change yeah. and how does it end? So there's, there's, uh, there's a happy part of this answer and then there's a tough part. The happy part is uh, people who are doing what you're doing with an independent outlet, people are doing what we're doing at Breitbart, that's the beginning of it. People who are funding these things, voting with your dollars, uh, donating or buying products or buying advertising or investing in those types of businesses, that's a number one. But the harder fight is going to be to preserve the First Amendment, because the spirit of the First Amendment is being decimated right now. It's being controlled by our corporations, particularly those in Silicon Valley. And until there are enough elected people who understand 
that these corporate interests, we've outsourced our First Amendment to them, and they will censor true statements that go against their business interests, uh, and they will censor on behalf of their political allies. Uh, so long as we allow for that to happen and we don't use whatever legal means necessary to put pressure. Uh, and, and by the way, we should build our own stuff, too. We should build our own platforms. But if we let the First Amendment, the spirit of it, not the letter of it, the spirit of it slip away, then we're in big, big trouble. So that's where our fight has to be ideologically. Alex, great to talk to you. Um, uh, love to have you in uh, for a podcast to go more in depth on this. I appreciate it. Thank you for all your hard work and congratulations on all the success at uh, Breitbart. The same to you, Glenn. I really appreciate it. I'd love to do the podcast whenever you like. Thank you. Alex Marlowe, the editor-in-chief of Breitbart News, and the name of the book is Breaking the News, an important book to read. Na, 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 na.